can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne Ivasich. Hope you all had a great week. I know I did. It's been a busy week, nonetheless, but had a good week. Uh, I wish Mother Nature would cooperate a little bit, but we haven't had rain in the Middle Atlantic area of any appreciable amount for about three weeks now. So things are beginning to dry up and and brown out, like my grass, Uh, all the plants that we've put around the house. it does not look pretty. Anyhow, hopefully we'll get some rain soon and, and things will reverse a little bit, but I'm beginning to feel a little bit how California people feel with all the drought and whatnot. But anyhow, I digress like I always do. Now, some of you know that I was a Spanish major in college, uh, the first time I went to college, and um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty good at my Spanish. I, I read it better than I, than I speak it now because I don't get the chance to to um to practice it as much but when I was working with Taylor I would be the person everybody would come to with emails <laughs> from customers in who sent an email in Spanish or they had a cus- uh, uh, customer on the phone who only spoke Spanish or span or, or what's it called Spanglish or any form of, of, of Spanish so um I'd, I'd pretty much job security <laughs> as far as language was concerned but anyhow, interestingly, my daughter went to the island of Mallorca off the eastern coast of Spain, which is about a two-hour boat ride, I believe, from the east coast of Spain, uh, with a friend of hers. Uh, had a little vacation out there. She had a great time. I sent some absolutely gorgeous pictures of, of the island um, and absolutely some gorgeous pictures of the very, she must have, it must be genetic. Uh, of pools <laughs> at the various hotels and resorts that they stayed with. Now, let me tell you, I was flabbergasted in a good way to see how well-maintained these pools were. Now, these are not, you know, your typical website image pools, which look absolutely perfect. But um, these were were pool pictures that she took, and and I was very impressed <laughs> with how clean these pools looked. Uh, surprisingly impressed. In the same way, I was impressed a couple times when we'd been to Mexico at some all-inclusive resorts and looked at the pools there. And, and for the most part, they really do a good job. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what are they doing right that maybe some commercial pools, public pools in the States aren't doing right? You know, or the different codes or whatever. Well, yeah, there are slightly different codes. Um, Spain and, and most of the countries in Europe go by the 
International Swimming Pool Code, IIS, ISPC, um, which is kind of think of like think of that as like the the the, the CMAC of uh, of Europe. Uh, it's it's recommended levels for all all of the pools, uh, commercial pools in Europe and 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 some other countries too. But um, I was curious to look at to see what the differences were. So, you know, go to trusty Google and you Google the you know, International Swimming Pool Code and you Google, you know, pool maintenance in Spain and all this other stuff. And it turns out it's a, it's a little, well, it's a little bit different, but not surprisingly as much as I thought. Let's, so, so let's go over that. So we all know that, that for example, um, salt systems, chlorine generators, that kind of thing, you know, are, are, are becoming increasingly more popular, not only here in the States, but apparently worldwide. Uh, I remember the, the last podcast I talked about asking at a trade show in the late 90s, anybody have a saltwater pool or chlorine generator and hardly anybody raised their hand. And now it's just about everybody raises their hand. But uh, the um, um, popularity of these systems is gaining greatly internationally, um, as are things like ozone and UV and things that, that we don't normally see a whole lot of here in the States, but uh, outside of the States, it, they're, they're, they're increasingly more popular. So you're looking at, when we're talking salt and the International Pool Code, um, they're recommending that um, when salt is added to the pool water to generate hypochlorous acid, it should be at a level four to six grams per liter, which is about a little over six times lower than the concentration of seawater. Now, seawater is about, really depends on where you are, but on an average, seawater can be about 8,000 to, you know, almost 100,000 parts per million. It kind of depends on where you are and, and circulation patterns and all that other stuff. So they really don't give a level, but what they do say is in the code is, you know, basically follow your manufacturer's recommended guidelines for salt for this particular unit, which is pretty much what's here in the States. Uh, when you're talking about pH, that's where the difference is. Um, now, we all know that here in the United States, it's pretty much an industry-wide um, given that the ideal range for pH uh, in a in a in a pool or spa uh, is seven point four to seven point six, and the reason it's that range is that the pH of the human tear and of your skin is around seven point five. So there's no irritation involved. It's it's it, it's a it's a body thing, not necessarily an acidic water or or, or scale forming water situation. However, what the uh, ISPC recommends is a lower pH of uh, an ideal range of 7.2 to 7.6. The problem is that, you know, we all know that low pH uh, can contribute to acidic water conditions and that in the States, 7.2 to 7.8 is acceptable. 7.4 to 7.6 is ideal. Here they don't break that down. Uh, they just say 7.2 to 7.6. And another justification is that... Uh, the lower the pH, of course, the more strong, more effective hypochlorous acid is. 
uh, which you know makes sense numerically, but you got to be very, very careful. And also in Spain, depending upon where you are, whether in the mainland or the islands, but generally, um, apparently Spain has very high pH naturally um, in, in, the, in the waters out of the ground, usually greater than eight, which means that they're going to be adding acid um, on a relatively consistent basis to keep that pH down like that in a goodly amount. But uh, again, I, it's, a, it's a little bit different. Now, when you're talking, when you're talking about total alkalinity, let me get down to that. Uh, their recommended ideal range is the same as what we have here in the States. 80 to 120 parts per million as best as you possibly can. Uh, calcium hardness, uh, the acceptable range is 100 to 400 parts per million. A, the 100 parts per million is, is a little bit lower than what we have here in the States. We say that an acceptable range on the low end is around 150, and there is no upper acceptable range because we all know calcium hardness will vary uh, geographically. Uh, but And that the ideal range for calcium hardness is 200 to 400 parts per million. Um, TDS, they're saying anytime your TDS level is greater than 1,000 parts per million, you need to drain it, uh, which of course is the only way really to lower TDS. Um, cyanuric acid, uh, they they their their acceptable range is thirty to eighty parts per million. Uh, currently, uh, the ideal range, um, as shown by uh, PHTA, and most most uh, regulatory agencies, thirty to fifty is the ideal range. I know there's other. Um, theories out there as to various levels needed based on the amount of chlorine and things like that. Uh, but uh, here at the ISPC, they're saying the acceptable range is 30 to 80. Now, as far as chlorine is concerned, pretty much match hours. The, the, the acceptable range for free chlorine varies, uh, uh, of course, depending upon the kind of chlorine you use. Um, Except for the two stabilized products, trichlor and dichlor, they want to keep um, your uh, free chlorine range between one and five parts per million. And they're saying also that anytime your combined chlorine any reading is greater than one, it, you should shock it uh, to get rid of it, you know, breakpoint chlorination. Whereas the generally accepted number for uh, breakpoint chlorination here in the States is 0.2 or higher. So they're allowing a, a, a significantly higher, five times higher level of combined chlorine based on the ISPC um, as opposed to what's here in the States. Now, earlier I, I talked about pH and I'm going to clarify something because it might have sounded a little bit um, uh, confusing. but um, the ideal range for pH, according to the ISPC, the ideal range is 7.2 to 7.4. They don't list an acceptable range, but they do say this may be altered due to bather comfort, which is understandable. And again, like a, a, if you're keeping your pH on the low end of okay, 
you got to be careful because you know, yeah, you might get the better bang for the buck out of your out of your effective chlorine effectiveness, but you know, again, no good deeds goes unpunished. My favorite, my favorite phrase. Keeping your water at a, an acidic nature uh, of that level is, is is potentially damaging to equipment, and obviously we don't want that. <laughs> we want it to be as happy as 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 you possibly can make it. So, you know, th- those are the, the the general chemistry guidelines. I was trying to find. Uh, information on things like um, copper and and other phosphates and things like that. Really couldn't find it. I wasn't searching for it that hard. But uh, generally speaking, the the numbers uh, that that you're looking at or that I mentioned um, are what's acceptable in Europe. Now, also remember in Europe, um, there's there's the DIN Deutsches something or other. I'm terrible with German code um, that kind of parallels the uh, the international swimming pool spa code. So you've got a lot of things for um, a lot of different codes for different things. So you gotta, you gotta be worried about it. So, so uh, basically it's, it's DIN, DIN standards. Um, it has a lot to do with Germany and their their cool their, their their codes here. And as I'm talking, I am looking at what the DIN code is. So, uh, among other things, uh, you're looking at um, pressures and and flow rates and and things of that nature, uh, and not necessarily. Um, um, uh, specific parameters, except for ozone, uh, which they use uh, primarily. Uh, your average chlorine level is a half a part per million um, using ozone. Uh, you don't want your ozone level to be greater than one part per million. So one part per million ozone, and the secondary is a half a part per million of chlorine. Um, as we scroll through other um, parameters, um, there's there are various levels that the the levels of ozone will change depending upon the kind of a pool you're dealing with. For example, um, a spa uh, can be anywhere from ozone levels now can be anywhere from 0.7 to one uh, part per million. Uh, zero depth uh, waiting pools, that kind of thing. Um, the um, um, the lower end is 0.5 to one part per million uh, of ozone. So now a diving pool and a competition pool, this is where I kind of find it's interesting. It is way down. The recommended ozone level is 0.15 to 0.3 parts per million of ozone. Now remember, um, this also is in conjunction with um, uh, using chlorine as a secondary uh as a secondary um, source of um, of oxidation and and um, sanitation, um, but generally speaking, I know I kind of rambled a bit there because I was trying to read, and was multitasking, reading something and looking and and, and reading and talking to you guys. So, um, as far as everything else is concerned, it's pretty much 
the same. Um, uh, some places in Spain, for example, use a little bit of everything. Uh, they'll use um, UV systems. They'll do a secondary uh, sanitation oxidation system with chlorine, but they use the the chlorine generator system to produce that chlorine. Um, so when you're doing that, we all know the the good the good things and the bad things about those kind of methods. The to produce chlorine from salt, and the and the biggie is of course an increase in pH. So if you're using a chlorine generator, you you are it's a guarantee you're going to need some kind of um, acid control system on there. Um, so maintaining your pH is, is pretty much the same. Uh, ORP is pretty much the same. Um, so it's it's not big surprises. Let's put it like that, but it's it's an, it's enough that you need to be aware of of what's going on. If you and and now even here in the states, and I think Rudy might have even alluded to it, the state of Florida uh, has some problems um, on a lot of levels. Won't get into that, um, but uh, when you're talking about uh, pool and spot chemistry. They've changed now that you can allow at the upper end a pH of eight, I believe it is, um, which is, is wrong. You know, I love it. These people that that change the pool codes. Who are these people? You know, if you have a high pH, you want to bring it down. We asked with acid. Are the acid manufacturers lobbying that much better uh, to to make sure that their product is there's more of their product bought? Uh, to to solve the problem now with higher pHs, you know we we know chlorine's less effective at higher pHs. So, yeah, th- who knows what's going on? So, um, it's important, and I know that again, I sound like I'm rambling, but I'm really not. Um, wherever you are located, state wise, even country wise, um, always check the codes for that particular state because it may be different than maybe another state or where if you move from one state to another, um, the codes are probably a little bit different. Not so much, you would think, but, you know, Florida has done this thing um, to to change it dramatically and has a lot of us in the industry going, I don't understand what's going on. Um, As opposed to say, you know, a a state like where I'm from, Maryland or, or, you know, uh, uh, most of the other states that um, uh, follow pretty much what the industry uh, recommended guidelines are, which can be found by by anybody doing a Google search. I mean, um, test kit manufacturers list um, uh, recommended guidelines. Um, some cool chemical companies do. Um, so, so you, you got to do your homework, and and I firmly believe that if you that if you follow what you know is 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 right and good, and still stays within the the recommended, well, the acceptable or the ideal ranges, you're you're good to go. Um, it's when you get to the extremes, like what you're seeing in Florida now, and some of the other states, where they they'll they'll say, okay, you can have a pH of seven. What? Eh, I don't think so. Um, we got to worry about. So, uh, a really good source to find out what your state code is 
is to go to pHTA.org. That's pHTA.org, O-R-G. And then when you get there, there's a, um, a subheading called standard slash codes. And if you click on that, you don't even need to log in. You can still get it by just going to the site. You'll see a variety of, of, of things, but the biggest thing is um, you can search by state um, uh, what, your, what your particular code is. So, um, again, it, it, if you're not sure, go there, uh, take a look, uh, find out you know what year that, that code was, make sure it's the most current one, and um, try to follow it the best you, you possibly can. Um, it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a healthy read, <laughs> um, but it's, a, it's an important read and it's a knowledgeable read. Um, if you have any questions, you know, please feel free to, to get a hold of me by popping an email to talkingpools at gmail.com and they, they will come to me. Um, so with that all being said, I am done for the day. Uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful week coming up. Knock on wood. Knock, knock on wood. That's my desk. Um, hopefully it will be for you. So take care um, and talk to you next week. Bye. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 